Hey everyone, welcome to No Left Turn Podcast, where I take a sharp turn into hot and timely topics, news, and current events. And then I take a deeper dive into stuff more people should know about. I'm your host, Gayla Taylor. You can subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcast fix. Join us on Facebook to engage more with me and other podcast listeners. If you like the show, please take a few seconds and leave a review. You don't have to write anything, just stars will do. It's one of the most effective and meaningful ways to show your support, especially for the smallest podcasters, not just me. Now grab a coffee, buckle up, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, and welcome to this episode. The stress and responsibilities of the last few weeks, they just won't let up. It's like I discover ways to manage my time, free up some time, and boy, old Satan, he doesn't waste any time pouring something else into that vacant spot and stressing me out. Crazy is the single word I can use to describe life recently. I've done several things trying to free up time when and where I can. It may not sound like a lot, but trust me, it's a lot. For example, I stopped coloring my hair over a year ago because I don't want to take three hours to sit in a chair to maintain it. And my natural platinum, well, it's kind of growing in pretty. My daughter-in-law is a hairdresser and an amazing colorist. So she, she was able to take me to my natural color and she did it so easy. Since then, it's been great to not have to deal with trashy roots And the razor cut she gave me, it makes it super easy to style. I'm talking like under five minutes. That's my kind of deal. I also discovered Flutter Habit eyelashes. They are the only makeup I wear. Again, huge time saver. No, I'm not one to wear hoochie mama length, but I do like the sweethearts that are slightly longer than my natural. One set can last me two weeks or, well, so I thought. Until this last set, I was forced to make it last three weeks. I had to get up early yesterday because they weren't going to last one more day. They were literally falling off my eyes. Made me self-conscious to even walk to the mailbox because God knows when I don't want to be seen, I run into everybody and their brother. But not doing makeup every day, that saves so much time. I have never been one to go without makeup. Even working from home for 26 years... I could never go through a full day without feeling at least somewhat put together. You never know when you're going to wish you had. You know what I mean? Somebody knock at the door, have to run out, run an errand, something like that. Well, I I like having these eyelashes because they do. They make me feel put together. Plus, I wear contacts and that seems to have remedied the constant eye irritation and allergy reaction to the mascara that I was wearing. So anyway, it sure seems like it's Satan who's fighting hard against me to prevent me from achieving certain goals, including this podcast and finishing my first full draft of my book. It still seems so surreal that I'm actually writing a book. Lately, I'm not able to catch an ounce of quiet time when I need it to sit at the computer, to record my podcast. So me being the solution seeker that I am, I ordered an affordable mic, one that was recommended on the Reddit sub 
I don't know, it's a, a sub forum on Reddit, which I love Reddit, by the way. They have a community for everything under the sun, but they have one for podcasters. And I went digging through there and I found recommendations for an affordable mic for my iPhone. I decided if I can't grab quiet time to record studio style, I will seize that time whenever I possibly can. Even if it's while driving, I know not supposed to do that, but I could even do it while waiting on the grandkids to get off the bus. One way or the other, I will get it done. I don't know if it's God maybe saving me from saying something that I shouldn't, or if Satan is somehow using my family as interruptions, knowing I would never say no to my grandkids visiting or my kids. They're all so very important to me. Although God and I are going to have to have a talk, a very serious talk, about this man-child I'm married to. Lord have mercy. Granted, it is my own fault. I created that monster. And it's going to take the masterful hand of God to tame him. My three, four-year-old granddaughters are less work most days. I do tease him and say that if I do happen to go first, you know, kick the bucket before him. He won't be far behind. The man would die of starvation and dehydration. I'm not sure he would know how to, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he would be able to get his own food and drinks, to be honest. He would be nasty if it lasted longer than a week. He has no idea how to operate the washer and dryer. Yes, I created a monster and I strongly, strongly, strongly advise every woman out there, newly married, are planning to get married, do not, I repeat, do not cripple your husband by doing too much for him. Trust me on that one. It seems like there are a lot of forces that complicate the schedules of my family, which in turn consume whatever vacant spot I have in my schedule. And that's okay because I do push through. I am a people pleaser and maybe, I don't know, sometimes an over nurturer to the extent that I do sacrifice my own peace. I am 56 years old. It's not like I'm going to change when I grow up. You know what I mean? It's ingrained in my personality. It is me at the very core. Years ago, therapy revealed that it does stem from my older brother being sick from the time I was born. I realized from the time I was maybe three is my earliest recollection. But I knew when Tony would get sick and go to the hospital, I would have to go to my grandmother's or my grandparents, which I didn't mind really. But the one time that I went with my family to Riley Children's Hospital, it was at a time when kids weren't allowed to go back to the rooms. So I had to stay out in this playroom with a really pretty nurse. And this really pretty nurse, she played games with me. She paid a lot of attention to me. So in my mind, Riley Children's Hospital was a really cool playroom with pretty nurses who paid attention to you. So when Tony would come home, I would do everything I could to help mom and dad keep him from getting sick. So I became a nurturer from a very, very early age. When you combine the people-pleasing and the over-nurturing with a perfectionist Enneagram, number one, which that's what I am, what you'll find is someone who will play hell trying to accomplish all things perfectly or they'll die trying. And that's me. That's how I am. I believe it was in 2019 when I was formally diagnosed with ADHD. And I do have the combined type. My dog just dropped her bone. But 
2019, I was formally diagnosed with ADHD, and I do have the combined type, which does offer some credence to the feeling of like a million butterflies fluttering inside my body when I get overwhelmed. It does explain why I desperately need time alone in a quiet place where I can decompress. And in those times, I have to do like the most mundane things to clear my head of all the clutter. It's like all these cobwebs, you know, in my head and just so full of clutter and I got to get it out. It also explains why that may be one of the tools that Satan uses against me most often. But I know it. I'm full aware of it. And it's those days that I have to lean into my faith harder than any other day. There are days where the overwhelm is unbearable. I try to be everything to everyone. And once in a while, it's like, I don't know, everyone needs me all at the same time on the same day. There are days where I can go hours without the phone ringing, not once. The second I step into the shower, someone or multiple someones will call. It never freaking fails. I don't have Alexa, so I know there's not some cryptic notification that goes out to people that I know alerting them, hey, now's a great time to call Gala. Go ahead, call her now. So what happens when I do push through and I carry the heaviest loads? Is it the end of the night when everyone else is sleeping? I have to take my time in that window of quietness to decompress, which sometimes means that there are nights where I don't get to sleep until 12 or 1. Then my morning alarm goes off at 5. There are some days where my head is so cluttered and full and my subconscious, I don't know, I just instinctively wake up at like 3.30 or 4 a.m. I'll get up, grab my coffee, and set my quiet time. Reading, I don't know, sometimes I'll work. It's at a time before everybody wakes up, before the world wakes up. But there is a silver lining. It is, that silver lining is that I do find that it's those quiet, decompressing times that I do feel closest to God. And I feel he speaks loudest to me when I'm actually paying attention and not so overwhelmed. I have been a follower of Christ my entire life. I do struggle with quote unquote religion and what I call plastic people under the plastic steeples. I grew up Christian. I remember going to revivals with my grandma And that was back at a time when they had the tent revivals. And we would go to several over the summer. And there's today, there are certain smells that will just whisk me back to those times at the tent revivals. The smell of double mint gum, butterscotch candies, or those little red and white starlight mints. Those tent revivals, I remember the preachers pounding on the pulpit, jumping up and down, racing back and forth, screaming, yelling, laughing, jumping up and down. It was entertaining, but sometimes it was kind of scary, actually. We went to a Baptist church first. That's my earliest memory. And then at some point, I'm not sure why, other than my great-grandmother was Pentecostal, my parents felt led to attend a Pentecostal church that was a little further away, but I do remember going. And 
I did attend a Pentecostal school, my third grade. And the only memory that I really have of that church was during service one time, they played some movie that was supposed to be some sort of a depiction of what Armageddon would be. And I remember um, it was it was extremely brutal. And I've never been able to find what that movie was. And I've searched all these years later because I wanted to watch it again to see if I couldn't release myself from some of those horrible images. It's kind of like, I don't know, when I was a teenager and I watched Children of the Corn, oh my God, it was so scary. And then years later, I tried to watch it with my teenage boys and it was so corny. I just, I couldn't even watch 15, 20 minutes of it. I mean, it was so corny. Have you ever done that? Anyway, after the Pentecostal church, we tried to return to the Baptist church because it was it was local, and a lot of my mom and dad's friends went there. And I remember the elders from the church coming to my mom and dad and asking us not to come back because we had attended a Pentecostal church. And it was at that time that my view of the quote-unquote church, it became very jaded. The reality was it did strengthen my personal walk with Christ. I realized a long time ago that some of the meanest people I know are Christians. And that was that was probably the first example or the first encounter that I realized just how mean they can be. You know the kind, the very judgmental kind, the kind that pretend to be saintly when they actually cram more skeletons in their own closets. And I firmly believe that the best Christians, ministers and pastors excluded, of course, but I firmly believe that the best Christians, they preach a better sermon with their life than with their lips. I want to be the kind of Christian that people will look at me and recognize that peace in me, recognize the happiness and the comfort in my soul. I want people to look at me and think, I want what she's having. The Bible commands us not to judge. It commands us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yet Christians stand in judgment so often. I try not to judge people. I really do. I believe my God wants me to love the sinner, but not the sin. I do have to admit there are a couple people that I really do struggle with who did very bad things to people that I love. I know I'm not supposed to hate, but I do. I pray often that God will help me through and get me to a place of forgiveness, but I'm just not there yet. No one hurts people that I love and gets away with it. I will wish the fleas of a thousand sand camels infest their armpits. It would be more accurate to know that ever seeing me truly forgive someone who hurts my loved ones so deeply is about as rare as a vegetarian snake. I've seen plastic people take their seats among the plastic pe- other plastic people in elaborate sanctuaries when there are homeless men, women, and children on the streets. How can that possibly be right? The heat and the lights or the air conditioning, they stay on all week for two days of use. I don't see how that's right. And so it just kind of detours me from going. Maybe I'm wrong in my assumption, but that's just the impression that I've always had. 
Now, if a church is used for school support groups and things like that, I totally support that. I think churches should be used for more than just the Sunday services and the Wednesday midweek service. I don't attend church because I find it difficult to know who's teaching the word properly. I find it disturbing when preachers point out that other religions are wrong and theirs is right. I've actually seen that a few times. So who says so? I can't imagine the Bible can be interpreted in so many ways to support the different religions saying other religions are wrong. That confuses me. I hope one day I'll understand. I remember a couple of elders from that same church. Um, they visited my parents after my brother died. My brother was a 13-year-old child when he died. He was not baptized. And because of that, they actually looked my parents in the face and said that my brother wouldn't make it to heaven because they did not have him baptized. Who does that? Who? How wrong is that? The last words my brother spoke before he had a cerebral hemorrhage and went into a coma was he was kneeling in front of our love seat. And I was 10 and I was getting ready to get on the bus for school. But my brother was kneeling in front of the love seat and he was complaining about his head hurting so bad. My brother looked up toward the ceiling. He reached for the ceiling and he said, Jesus, hold my hand just before he collapsed into a coma. You can't tell me that he's not in heaven. That was a major turnoff to me as far as that particular religion or that particular church goes. I can't imagine a heaven where only Baptists reside or only Pentecostals or Methodists. Who's right? And why are there so many denominations? Can someone tell me that? Who's right? Who's wrong? And exactly why are they right or wrong? I really am interested in hearing what others have to say about that subject. I know there are times, I don't know, I, I know there's times when I'm one of God's biggest problem children. My mom says I swear like a sailor and pray like a saint. My mom, she's not wrong. God has answered prayers I've prayed in the shower, so I would assume he doesn't have a problem with the clothing I wear. I've never felt convinced that I have to wear long dresses or not cut my hair. I've never felt that conviction. But God love those who do. Ultimately, I want to get stronger in my faith. Walk closer with God and be a pillar of strength to my grandchildren, one that they can look up to. I don't feel that my faith is in a bad place, but I do want it to be stronger. I want to feel joy. This world we live in, it's so negative, so full of evil, and it does weigh very heavy on my heart. I need to feel nearer God in these difficult times. Do you have life experiences that shaped your view of faith, religion, and church in a similar way as mine? Do you have advice to share? For someone who can't paint themselves into a single denomination, I would love to find a church that feels like home to me. But honestly, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that if I experience any more disappointments, it would cause injury to my spirit to 
the point that I may never consider returning to a church. I, I really would like to hear from other people who struggle with their faith, their religion, and church. It bothers me when I go to a church and there's so much focus placed on tithe. In my heart, I don't feel comfortable paying a tithe to a building. God's put it on my heart that I care for his creatures. My tithe goes into my donations to humane societies and animal rescues or helping specific animals that are in need of emergency surgeries, that kind of thing. God's creatures, especially dogs. Oh, especially dogs. Um, I just feel like that's, that's where my calling is. If my husband goes first, I have no doubt that I'll end up being a crazy old dog lady. I'll just fill my life with my dogs and my grandchildren. And I think I would be very happy doing that, <laughs> honestly. Um, I do love my dogs. Dogs give us the best unconditional love there is. And in a lot of ways, we don't deserve them. We don't deserve that kind of loyalty and love. We could learn a lot from them. I think if people loved as much as dogs do, we wouldn't have a problem with wars and all the, I don't know, the conflict and deterioration in our society that we have today. But that's about all I have today for this episode. I just wanted to put it out there and see if there's others like me that struggle with their faith and their religion. It's not that, I don't know, it's not that I'm struggle with it because I do feel very strong in my faith. My faith has gotten me through some of the toughest times. I guess it's just that quote unquote religion that I struggle with. And that concludes this episode of No Left Turn with Gayla Taylor. Until next time, stay safe when you make those left turns. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of No Left Turn. If you enjoyed the episode, I hope you'll show your support and share it with others. Post about it on social media. And don't forget to leave a star rating and maybe a short review. You can connect with me on most social media platforms. You'll find all the links listed in the description of this podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.